Train Shuffling is brought to you by Midgard Hobbies and Games in Derry, New Hampshire, our friendly local game store. Next, we'd like to thank Luxury Playstyle, maker of fine metal gaming accessories. Visit luxplay.com and use promo code LUXINFORMANT for 15% off. And most importantly, we'd like to thank our lovely patrons for their support. We're super excited that you choose to support us. Your contributions help improve our live streams and bring you better content. If you'd like to buy a few shares of Train Shuffling, you can do so at patreon.com slash meekinformant. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Train Shuffling. I'm Johnny Hollander. I'm Eric Hyden, and tonight we are joined by a special guest, the specialist of guests, really. It's uh, it's Len Kay. Hey, Len. Hey, hey guys, how you doing? I'm great. Are you okay with us using your last name like we're now using ours? Absolutely. It's more professional. All right, cool. <laughs> um, you, you may, if you watch our streams on YouTube, you may recognize Len. Um, he was on our 1824 stream. Uh, Len, you played 18 New Wait, England with us, right? Eric, do you... Do you know his last name? Because you asked if you could use it and you haven't introduced him. I, I said Len K. Oh, you did? I didn't hear he, you say he that. He did. It's, oh, my bad. It's Len K. Okay. Do you know his last name, Johnny? <laughs> I do. I, I don't know how I missed you say it, but I thought it was funny that you said, can we use your last name and then moved on. No, I was, I just, just, I was just ignoring him and disrespecting him. <laughs> um, All right, I'm, pay, I'm, I'm paying attention now. So, Len, you were, you, I know you were on our 1824 three-player stream. Were you also on our 18 New England stream with us? Um, no, I think I did. I did 80 with you guys and 24, yes, right? That's right. 80. Okay. Sorry. Um, it all just starts to blur together eventually. No, <laughs> it <don't>. does. <laughs> um, yeah. So, audience, listeners, uh, we as a podcast are crumbling under the immense peer pressure that has been mounting for days under wheel tapping and derailed's massive influence. And they're forcing us to do top five lists. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna do them. I kind of felt like top five lists. I don't know if anyone cared about my opinion that much or it feels a little bit egotistical almost like here's what I think is the best. I know. Right. But I, I don't know. I kind of stopped and thought about it and realized that I often enjoyed these, these lists from other podcasts and like the board gaming industry. Um, just because I find it an interesting, like if there's something on that list that I haven't heard of, that's automatically going to make me go look at, it. you know, someone thinks this is like the one of the best five games that they have ever played. So either they've played nothing and it's all terrible or this is a pretty good game. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. Are you excited? Johnny? Me? Len, everyone? I'm, uh, yes, I didn't address anyone. <laughs> I thought you were addressing the audience. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I do that. <laughs> I'm very excited. You have no idea. Uh, me too (laughs) (laughs) you can really hear the excitement just bleeding through the microphones um i mean in my defense i only have one tone that's true and it's this one yep it's the very excited tone this is this is my excited voice (laughs) yeah so we're, we're this is a bonus episode for us we're not doing the whole um whole spiel spiel even uh so we won't have a fantastic train fact for you. So you can all just, if you, you know, if, if you're here for that, you can quit the podcast now and come back for the next one. So without further ado, I guess, uh, let's very briefly thank all of our patrons. Uh, and, and we're going to address you more formally if you've joined, uh, next time on a, on a real episode. So Johnny, do you want to talk about the format here? Uh, yeah. 
All right. So uh, we're going to do our top five in order from fifth to first. And we're going to each say our fifth and fourth and so forth in, uh, in order uh, until we get to number one. And then at the end of that, we're going to go and we'll have a, a little discussion about why we like it. And if it's not on everybody's list, maybe people say why it didn't make their list or something like that. And then we'll go through some honorable mentions. Uh, we're our top five. We're restricting it to games we've played more than once because we have some games where we've played it once and we're super excited. We're almost positive they'll be top five, but we want to make sure we give them fair goes before we officially put them in there. So we'll do honorable mentions and then games that we haven't played yet, but that we're pretty sure we're going to love and that we're looking forward to. Did I miss anything? You did not. You did an excellent job. You covered it all. All right. Who's, uh, should we let uh, Len lead it off with his number five? Well, before we do that real quick, actually, uh, let's let's give people a perspective on um, who Len is. Because I feel like at this point, they probably know us more or less um, and what our, what our experience level is and what we've been exposed to. But we don't necessarily they don't know that about Len. So, Len, why don't you tell us a little bit about your gaming history, um, your your experience within 18xx and uh you know what you're all about yeah sure sure well um geez gaming you know like many of us been been, uh board gaming you know pretty much my whole life um got uh started in 18xx i'd say the beginning but almost the beginning um somehow i missed 1829 i used to play 1830 from the time it came out in 1986 when avalon hill released it a couple years after that uh mayfair Published 1853. I still, I didn't, it's not in my top five, but I still have a place on my heart for 1853. I think it's a very unique game. Uh, then, you know, after playing a lot of 1830 and 53, um, I never did get back to 1829. I had a break from the hobby for a while in, in like the 90s. So I missed that whole 35 and, 18, and 56 and 1870 era that happened in the 90s. And I joined back kind of into Euros and gaming in general in the, the early 2000s wondered, hey, what's going on with 18xx? And then was introduced to um, Joe's group where uh, you know I do a lot of my gaming and found that his group was very, very much into, into XX. So I thought that was really cool and was quickly introduced to 1846. And this was all back in like the early teens, so like uh, 2011, 2012. And so we've just been playing all the, the new titles ever since. That's amazing. Um, so lots of experience over a long period of time. You're also a war gamer, right? I am, yes. Do, do you identify more as a war gamer than an XX player, or the same, or uh, uh, you know? Yeah, if, if you know, if, if I if I chop it up into XX war gaming and Euros, it's probably well, it changes, of course, right? Um, but right now, um, I'm kind of equally an 18XX or a war gamer, and then also a Euro gamer on the side, so to speak. All right, so like 40, 40, 20. Uh, sure. We need exact numbers here for some reason. I don't know. If you must. Probably probably less than twenty on the Euro side. You? You are, Johnny? Oh, I was saying I was saying Len's probably less than twenty on the Euro side. We would be much higher if the root app would work properly. That's true. Yeah, we're waiting we, we <laughs> the three of us, uh and an, one other guy, Knug, is uh we've downloaded the the root so, uh, app. Mr. Mr. Knug. Mr. Knug. And uh they're still working out some kinks when it comes to uh, playing async on that. Yeah, and of course, I keep getting stuck with the cats and can't recruit, which I think is pretty debilitating. Uh, it's probably because they don't respect you because you don't call them by their full name, the Marquis de Cat. <laughs> That's probably it. 
All right. So now, now that we know, Len, that you're not some stranger who doesn't know what they're talking about, uh, why don't you lead us off with your number five top XX? All right. And uh, as we were talking before the podcast, uh, my my top five, they're not kind of linear, right? There's number one, there's number two, and three, four, and five are kind of, you know, maybe not quite as separated as whatever. Um, So with that in mind, for number five, I chose 1817. So I chose 1817 because, I mean, in general, in 18xx, I lean towards, you know, the run good companies model. Um, I like auctions. I like miners. You know, lots of cute little MacGuffins going on. Uh, but 1817 is, you know, for those the plated, it's such a different beast that it's got this depth in the financial side. But it's not just about I trash your stock, you trash my stock. You know, we we play for turn order, that sort of thing. Dumb companies. Well, of course we do. But it's um the more you play it, and I've only played 17 probably six or seven times. But I learned, I still learn something new, or, or I see something new every time I play it. And the fact that it's been implemented online helps a lot. It's on the RR18XX website because it's hard to play in person being so long and finding the audience to play it with a lot. But I, uh, it's one of the few finance side of the tree, the 18XX tree games uh, that I really enjoy. So I don't think Eric's played 1817, have you? No, I have not. Okay. So uh, I've played it. I've played one full game. I learned the game on our 18xx tried to learn it synchronously and it was it was miserable uh <laughs> it i mean it's just such a slow site so i i kind of didn't want to play 1817 after that mm. uh, but then i decided to give it another go and i played it on uh tabletop simulator and i won so i should automatically I- like it more um <laughs> i did i did enjoy it a lot and it was actually much quicker than i expected it was a three-player game but i don't know how I feel about the game because I feel like that's one that I really need to give a few more goes because like you said, you've seen something new every time. This game, I sort of let things pass me by fairly passively. I was very fiscally responsible. I paid my loans off right away. I didn't take a lot of loans and basically just waited for the other two players to implode and, you know, scooped up behind them for the victory. Uh, we did have like one really long stock round. One player went bankrupt. It was a three-player game. Yeah. And the other player and I uh, were in like a, a battle in the last stock round where he was kept shorting my company. And I was getting really annoyed because it was I didn't really know what to do. And I was like, I think I just want to hold steady because my company's paying out a lot. Right. But I wasn't really sure because I hadn't seen it play out. And ultimately, my company was paying out way too much for the shorts to have been worth it. And um, I was able yep. to, to pay back all the or to buy back all the, the shorted shares yep. anyways. Uh, and I ended up winning. But that almost made me dislike the game because I just didn't know what was going on. And I, I felt bad about having to sit there doing nothing because I wasn't sure that doing something else was better. Sure. Well, <laughs> and to my point, I think the first two or three times you play the game, it's a lot of observing because there's so much going on and there are so many levers to pull that you really, I think much less so than other new titles, at least for me, uh, it took a long time to figure out what was going on in 1817 or know, see the warning signs of what of when things were happening, right? Uh, I think yeah. you mean much more so than other titles? 
It, yeah, it took it took me a lot longer to grok eighteen seventeen right. than, than other titles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I have I haven't played it, uh, but I can understand. You know, it looks like a game that you need five, six plays of before you start to be able to stand on your own feet because it's, from what I understand, it just seems like a hobby within itself, right? This is like, there are there are XX players that I know almost entirely play 1870. That's all they play, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. it's their game, right? Um, yeah. And and Johnny, to your point, yes, RR18XX is painful um, for 1817 because, for example, like in the NNA rounds, right, if you're face-to-face, you just kind of go around the table and say, okay, are you doing any MA? No. Are you? No. Are you? No. But on R18XX, that fit, what I just said, could take a day and a half. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to its implementation on 18xx.games because sure. I, I think Tabletop Simulator is great, but you can't really, you have to do it live. So I'm really interested to see how an async game uh, can be played on, on xx.games. Uh, so I've, I've decided, I personally have decided that I'm just going to call it dot .games from now on. Because that's just easier, um, and also uh, seventeen is is one of the like top two. I think Mex and, Se- and seventeen are the ones that they're really kind of pushing the hardest right now yeah. on development. So it's coming. Cool. Yeah. So as a as a final word on my thoughts on seventeen, despite not really knowing how I feel about the game, I love the idea of the short sale. I think it's a really clever mechanic, and uh, I. I want to play that game again soon. And I, I just thought that was such a cool idea that you could pull value out of a company uh, by betting on it doing poorly. All right, uh, Johnny, what's your number five? 1862. So uh, 1862 was, I don't know how many games into the genre I was, but um, we've played a lot in the last like year and a half. And it was one of the first in a long, sh- a string of very quick succession of games that we tried and it got me so excited when we played it because of the the three different train types and the rules for uh, connecting trains and merging companies and there was just so much going on yet it there was a lot going on but it it was it made sense like I didn't feel like I did with 1817 where I was passively observing I felt like I was able to pull levers and maybe not play super well, but at least have some idea of uh, the things that I could try to do. Uh, and I just had so much fun with it. And it, it helped that Randy had played it a hundred times. So we had a really smooth teach. And uh, I think the game mechanisms and the fact that Randy was teaching us all led to, to that being a great experience. So that's my five. Len, it sounded like you had an opinion. Well, without giving away what's upcoming in the show uh <laughs> just you just yeah, did um, you just did <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that as a teaser i uh i also like 1862 and for many of the reasons johnny just mentioned and again as i met you know as i mentioned when i started like i like things I, I like uh mechanics like that the merging mechanic and uh 1862 obviously is really um important it's really important in that a uh, funny anecdote the first time I played 1862, I, I think it was with you know probably Randy and a, and a bunch of people, probably you know going back five years ago or whatever, and I, I just got smoked. And then the second game, I realized, oh, you can run the different train types over the same track. Oh, that makes a difference. 
<laughs> yeah. It, it yeah. actually, despite there being so much going on, I actually find, I know that there's, you know, the little rules about connecting all your roots, but I find root calculation, once you get the hang of it, to actually be faster in some ways in 62 because of the fact that you don't have to worry about, did I already use that track? Right. And not trying to figure out what's the city that I can double hit the best or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pass on this because I have things to say about a game that seems very similar soon. Similar? It's the same game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your number five? My number five is 1824. So this is a Lonnie title. Um, 1824 for me is a very unique take on mergers, and I really like that. Um, I like how in the beginning of the game there are these dissected companies that that will become one thing and that there's definitely some cooperation to some extent that's going to go on with you know the the shareholder uh the minor and the major shareholder of the orange company because they're gonna that has to be out there someone has to own it and the timing around when they merge the games where you can play to try and get like steal a company out from someone else in the, in that moment, which is variable. It's not always going to happen at the same time. Uh, the mines and the different trains, the, the codependency between the two different train tracks, like mm. not haha train tracks, um, like, you know, the, the, the goods trains and the, uh, the normal trains in that game. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, just a good one. Yeah. I, I love 24. Um, I think it's such a clever design. I love the two change train types. And I like that as opposed to other games that have multiple train types, I like that they run in parallel. Um, I think that makes for some really interesting uh, decisions and timing. I know that, uh, you know, I've seen somebody wants to wait for a, you know, particular goods train, but it's not available until the regular train goes in there trying to wait for it but then by the time their turn comes back around all the regular trains the regular train broke so it was available but then all the goods trains are gone and uh i just find that the parallel trains to be such a fascinating aspect um i would like to play 37 because i hear it's very similar in that regard um but 24 is the first time i've seen that yep i i I agree i like the, the two parallel um tracks of trains no pun intended and uh yeah 24 is also i will be mentioning it later Yes, it's also on my list. You guys and your spoilers. God, we know his whole list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's your number four, Len? Uh, my number four, um, and it's got kind of a, like, might be, I guess it was, it's an asterisk. My number four is 18EU, but with the minor variant. And I've only played EU um, rules as written once. And as I understand, you know, this, it's one of those games where if, you know, if the auction goes badly and if you have people of widely varying um, experience in the game, the game can often be over after the initial auction, right? And you start over again and, and whatever. But the um, minor variant uh, and for – we did the um, – maybe that was a different podcast, sorry, uh, where I was part of the 18EU minor variant uh, live stream. Yeah, you're on heavy cardboard. Yes, on heavy cardboard. I know if we we're. I don't know if we we're mentioning. This. Okay. <laughs> that that was a an excellent uh, uh, play of that and fun to watch. Yes, and it was fun to play too. And for those 
who aren't familiar with it, it basically takes away the order of the way the miners are auctioned. And basically it's kind of a, not a, not quite an 1846 style um, draft, but it's close to that where, you know, you have, let's say it's, it's four players, you have 16 miners. If it's three or five, you have 15. And you basically, you're dealt four cards with four of the miners and you look at them, you pick one and you pass to your left or pass to the right, you know, and you, you, you do the draft that way. So at the end of that, you wind up with four miners of your own, one of which was your first pick, your second, your third, and your fourth pick. And then it's your job to figure out how to get those four connected on the board so you can merge them into your majors. And they come with various powers, which the normal kind of powers in, in today's privates, right? Things like, you know, uh, extra tile lay or a Pullman or a permanent two train, you know, those sorts of things. And uh, then that game within the game, then of merging them into the majors in the game is uh, a lot of fun. Um, so for the minor powers variant, Johnny and I have each played this once, I believe. Johnny, right? Yep. Same game. We were in that game. Well, yeah, I know. I just wasn't sure if he had played again since then. The The minor powers variant, do you know if that has been sanctioned or like discussed with uh, David Hecht? Does, the game is a Hecht game. It is. Um, yep. Do you know what involvement he's had at all, uh, or at least like you know awareness of the minor power variant? I do not know. Or if it's just a totally like homebrew, somebody came up with it, um, and it's fun. So here. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure because it's on the um, cards that when you print the, uh, it's because it's a P, it's PNP, right? It's not at, the minor variant was never officially released as a product. It's on the cards who who desi- who designed it, who came up with it, but I, I do not know if it's been sanctioned by David Hecht or not. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, miners power. I know this is on. I know it's all the discussion of this um, is all on BGG, and yeah, I don't know. It's some. It's. I, I feel like I should have done the research on this to figure this out first. But well, you couldn't have known it was going to be on the top five. List. <laughs> I had a good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, because um, I know it's not on your top five list because that would break the ground rules. It's not on my top five list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think 18EU will end up uh, maybe not in the top five, but but near the top five uh, when I've given it some more plays. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it's it's a spo- spoiler. This is bad. Uh, spoiler. It's on it's on my honorable mentions, but right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> only because um, because I've only played it once. I, I wanted to put this. This was going to bump to 1824 if I based on that one play and it was an online play that took a month i think so (laughs) that's saying something i you know i i felt like given the scope of the game i never felt like the game was dragging Uh, i don't know how long it took but it didn't feel like it was going very slowly yeah i think there was a brief period where both you and i were kind of not available for a while len can len's keeping his mouth shut here i don't i don't remember the game dragging unusually slowly no okay I had a great time pulling ahead uh, at the end there by like 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Winning. yeah that was a good ending. Yep. <laughs> I ended up with like a super company because both you and Len ended up having <laughs> dump, to merge your miners, miners into in. my company. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, uh, that, that may be something worth mentioning because there comes a point where m- the miners that haven't already been absorbed in a uh, advantageous way into majors have to fold in. It's I think it's when fives break, right? And so yeah. 
once in a while, you're stuck with a minor that just didn't work well for your companies. Like, oh, hey, I'm connected to his major. I'll dump it into his major and take a share of his company. And I think, yeah, me and someone else had that happen to us and we dumped them into your company. But yeah, the, yeah then I forget, was it the Prussian? You wound up with like five I had like powers yeah, so, Prussian. So I had a bunch of powers. So I think it's a really interesting decision because you don't you, you don't, don't have to do it. You could discard your, your minor for no benefit. Uh, but you could get a share that's worth money and that's going to increase in value. So it's probably worth it for the most part to do it. But it's I don't even know if it's an automatic decision because some of those power combinations are extremely powerful. Yes. And I had, you know, 60% of that company and it had upgrade uh, an extra upgrade of plane track, an extra upgrade for towns. Uh, and so I was able to just and I got the, the free Pullman. Uh, so I was able to hit hit Paris for double and I was able to just upgrade bypasses around the tokens yeah, you that were I couldn't get through. Like crazy. So I had I had super high runs very quickly because I was doing three tile lays a turn. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, uh used pretty cool. It's like I like games where you can kind of Voltron this crazy beast into being and you kinda of take a while and maybe you're falling behind in value and then you rocket rocket forward at the end as like, the end. Yep. with crazy value. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, and it's cool that the the miners aren't just valuable for their locations; that they actually have a power to bring to the table when they merge. Um, I think that leads to something more interesting than some of the other games with miners that we've played. Yeah, yeah. I think I think a theme in my favorite games are miners that matter that that aren't just money to be ripped out of a company. Mm-hmm. Um, for similar reasons, it gives you flavor, it gives you things to explore combinations i like combos combos are fun yeah uh cool so johnny what's your number four all right so my number four i actually struggled i want to put in this spot but uh 1849 i've only played it twice Hmm. just made the cut yeah just just made the cut um it's actually the game the game on my top five that i've played the least and i only put it above 62 because i think that with more plays, I'm going to like it more. So it was tough between those four and five. But what I really like about uh, 49, first of all, I, I like that there's a random order to the setup, but that the company's open in order because I think that makes leads to some really interesting early game decisions and every game will play out differently, at least, you know, for a while. I'm sure you'll start seeing repeats and stuff. But um, I really like that and I, I love the idea of the the dual gauge track that you can move over one more quickly but that it costs you a lot more because the entire map for those that haven't played is covered in terrain costs that don't go away they do not go away they they, they're chits that rise up with the tiles floating terrain costs (laughs) yeah so and the you have to pay the full cost for standard gauge and you can move across a, at like a is like a two to one ratio but for narrow gauge you pay a quarter of the cost but you can move over the you can move through the hexes at a one to one ratio so your narrow i might have it backwards but you're one of the gauges you move your trains much further along the tracks no you're, you're right it's cheaper to build the narrow gauge but it's uh less efficient right to, to yep. move and then vice versa yeah. for standard and i i think that's just a but the trains, there's only one type of train 
So the difference is in the track, not the trains, which is kind of reverse to a lot of other games that we've seen where the trains run differently along the same type of track. So I really like that about the game. Uh, and I've had a blast in both of the times that I've played it. Yeah, I have yet to play 1849 and it is like, I keep trying, I keep try- trying to play it. <laughs> I keep having opportunities snatched away. There was a, the first time we went over to, to Joe's basement um, to play the the games on the tables that night we're going to be 49 and 34 or 33 any and i was like um yeah i can't pass this up so i have to play this other game and yeah just keep snuffing. yeah and i i think that was the night that i was on the 49 table and that was the one time i played 49 and i said oh i can play 34 33 any some other times but uh, so i let you guys play but uh, that was my one play of 49 and and i and miraculously i won i don't know how i did but i won (laughs) well you only had two opponents because i was in the game in a four-player game oh that's right yes you were in that game that's right so your odds of winning were were already (laughs) higher with me in the game there you go (laughs) i could i could say the same thing (laughs) (laughs) all right so i guess we're on me then for my number four um and my number four is 1862 we've already kind of discussed the the wonderful nature of 62 but um i like it for its sandboxy feel puzzle feel there's there's so many things you can do in that game um i feel like it's like when i start that game because of the variability of setup with different companies um, and different train combinations being in each game there's that fun of assessing what's going to be good um i feel like locals in that game are like a puzzle quest like ah i want to like that's a game where i can go in and like this game i'm going to try to do this i'm going to try and run locals really well or i'm going to try and run freights really well or this game i'm going to experiment with with withholding and trying to get a massive company at the end or or whatever um so i like that that there's those choices are are highly driven by that we didn't even mention when when we were talking about it as my number five about the variable setup like you mentioned and and those goals of like i'm going to do this are highly dependent on the variable setup because sometimes you don't have you have one local amongst five players in the first round. Right. Yeah. Or something like that, you know? Or if the local companies are nowhere near the dits. Yeah, that too. It's... Yeah. And they also tend to work better when there's more than one of them. So if you're the, yep. the lone local, you might not have a lot of success. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. So that's that's 62. Um, I, I, I also really like games where withholding is a valid strategy. Like, withholding is fine. If you, if you are building towards something that you will then succeed with like you that you're you know you're withholding in order to buy a thing so that you end up with a great run i i like that yeah i agree with that and it's um i'll save my comment for when you come around to me for number three Mm -hmm. okay uh so that's 1862 um for me okay i think we're on number three we're on number three We're, we're back to len let's hear number three all right and my number three is 1862. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> all right, we, moving on. We've got a we got a bingo. It's on all three lists. And the reasons I have it on my list is number three, uh, a little overlap and some slightly different. Uh, my comment here on, on my notes here in 1862 is uh, it makes you think differently. And to your point, Eric, about, you know, oh, withholding is perfectly fine. And why is it fine? Because you withhold, you know, to buy a new permanent train, especially toward the end of the game, or no, even in the, in the beginning, and you can quadruple jump. Right. Now, back in the day, there were, 
you went forward or you went back. There was none of this double, triple, quadruple jumps, right? So you, ha you withheld when you had to because, you, you know, you got your permanent train in 1830 or something like that. But, yeah, because that was 18 – I don't know how many others there are, but 1862 is the first, certainly the first game I played where there was a quadruple jump on the stock market, right? And that took a few plays to wrap my head around, like, oh, it is okay to withhold, in fact, multiple times so that you can get that next train. And it's okay to fall back once because then the next turn you're going to go ahead three or four spots, right? I know um, 60 has quad jumps as well, but that's also my yeah, cutting. it's um, also my cutting, right. I don't – I know that a lot of – I know that those games borrowed some things from 29, but I don't know if that was one of the things that, that got borrowed or invented. I'm not sure either. I can't think of, of any other games that do quad jumping off the top of my head. You know what I would really like is like a kind of a book on – I don't know if it would just be the – like the taxonomy, but also the history, like basically talking about like the pedigree of all the different 18xx games and like when they came out, who designed them, where they pulled their inspiration from and have like this almanac of 18xx. I think that'd be a really cool re resource. Maybe not to the extent you're describing it, but that's kind of the idea of 18xx.net, right? And not to go off on a tangent, but I don't know where um, Toby's taking that, but th that could be a cool thing, right? Right, the wiki that he's... Yeah, the wiki gonna, thing, yeah. yep. Right, and and then to a much lesser extent, Board Game Geek is kind of that a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, that's, but it's, it's very scattered. Like, you have to look for particular titles and stuff like that. Like, I just want a book. Yep. But I mean, you know, in my hands, if those posts get put in those forums, they're probably going to get answered. Yeah. Um, if you have, yeah. you know, questions on particular ones, which is pretty cool. Um, and that might not be the case in 20, 30 years. You know, if some of these designers aren't around anymore, like now is the time where everyone except Tresham is, yes. is still able to answer those questions, which is pretty cool uh, pretty besides, cool. you know, people who are not interested in interacting with the hobby. But even then, a lot of people know. Um, yeah, is, it's pretty neat. Um, so to finish on 1862, I, I think it was you that said it a few minutes ago, Eric. One of the things that I like about it is kind of it's it's very puzzly uh, in comparison to many other 18xx's. That it's it's uh it's fun. The variable setup you get in a given game, it's fun trying to figure out the puzzle, right, of what works together and how you can synergize and and all that stuff from from game to game, and that keeps a a, a freshness in it. And part of that for me, why I, I think I had 1862 first, I had it fifth, and I was kind of playing with this list earlier. With the GMT production of 62, the fact that um, Mike Hutton, I guess it was Mike Hutton, created the solo rules, that was huge for me. I have played 1862 solo probably six or seven times now, and it's kind of the same thing. It's different every time. It's, it's a fun way to spend the afternoon and figure out the puzzle, and I really enjoy... Yeah, the only other 18xx that I know of with a real solo uh, uh, module or rules is 1829 Mainline, which I think Mike Hutton credited in the uh, in the rules, and that, it's also very similar, and it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, good luck getting on that one for for money. Yeah, that's up there with 1860 <laughs> as far as uh, what it goes for. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of those are all. Uh, is now am I so twenty nine mainline? Maybe you can clarify this twenty nine mainline versus twenty nine, and like the different modules. There's like expansions and stuff. What is where's the the barrier there? 
as far as I know, no, 1829 Mainline is just it. It is just one title. There's no expansions or or modules or anything. As, but it's like, different from 1829. Correct. Yep. Right. So Mainline, it looks at least from Board Game Geek, was was released in 2005. And oh, it was def- yes, it was definitely later in the pedigree of it. And right. it's it's kind of a weird... It's funny, I haven't played the game multiplayer. I've only played it solo. But it's basically, you know, you you shuffle the deck and you, you know, you hand out a certain number of, of shares to every person. And they look at that, what their, their starting hand basically and say, okay, what railroad am I starting? It's a, it's a very different, uh, share mechanism. Right. And yeah, 1829 looking at it, there's the Northern and Southern boards and all these different little extension kits. Oh yes. Yeah. No, the 1829 main line, I believe is just the one, title yeah that, that looks to be accurate and, and significantly shorter yes. one to seven players okay <laughs> uh, len have you ever played like eight player 62 we keep talking about it right it seems one of these holy grails we've got i think we had a six i was in a six player game once but no i've never played an eight player game yeah all right uh so that is lens number three johnny what do you got uh my number three is 1860 Another my cutting title. So I I've played 1863 times now, so I'm still pretty low on my my play count. Uh, but it's another one that I find to be very puzzly. Uh, you have a set order that the companies come out in, rather than the random order of of 62. But the puzzle in this one is how you can sequence opening companies, making them insolvent, uh, reopening them, and basically moving moving money and trains around in such a way that you can continually funnel money into your one or two companies that you're going to run for big money at the end of the game. It's, it feels very unique to me in the genre uh, versus a variant uh, like a lot of other games feel. So I really like that. Cool. Um, Len, have you played 60? Not as much as I'd like to. I have only played it once. That was that one game I think was also at Joe's. I think I forget if you guys were in it or not, but it was, it was kind of a teaching game. We were not, but, um, yes, I definitely like to play 60 more. Uh, yeah, I've only played twice, uh, two player with Johnny, uh, actually technically two and a half times. <laughs> two and <laughs> two and uh one hundredth times yes <laughs> uh yeah so my number three is so you're not gonna you're not gonna say how you feel about the game nope because i'm gonna talk about it later oh uh well i'll talk about it in my honorable mention it's not it's not <laughs> on my list um i suffice it to say i like it quite a bit um but i haven't had anything more than the two player experience. And, and really I feel like kind of one real play and one, you know, scrabbling through and trying to understand all the, all the weirdness that's in that game. Um, that I, I look forward to seeing it at three players more. Um, cause I feel like that's probably the, the golden spot, but it's good. It's good game for two players. Um, I really don't think it's worth the $300 though, that people are paying for it. And I wish that scalpers would stop scalping. Um, <laughs> But 
I don't know. I, it's a free market. You know, it's a free market. It, it annoys me, though. I, I never get annoyed by people charging what people are willing to pay. If people, if people want to stop paying that, then the price will go down. Yeah, I think people should stop paying that, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Um, and and I, I think a reprint is due. It's, it's a favorite. And, I, I agree. I, I was yeah. lucky enough to... To, to get a copy about five or six years ago, I think I only paid a hundred bucks. So uh, it would be nice to see it more widely available. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to talk more about that later. So uh, 1880 is my number three. 1880 China. Um, is this this is number two, the second Orgler title for me. Um, and this is technically an O and O, as I believe 1824 was. Could be wrong about that. And initially, it's double O. Yeah, double O, double O. Yeah, eighteen twenty four. I think was a was a Lonnie game. It was just a Lonnie game. I think so. Well, the the more recent, the most recent. Oh, I know was. the most recent one was. I don't. Yeah, there's like a. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No, good point. Shift and anyway, eighteen eighty. Yeah. Um, let's see. Why do I like this game? Yeah, I guess I just like weird games that don't feel that feel unique to me because this is very unique um most noticeably for me the movement of stock rounds and operating rounds in this game is a huge uh change and i love it so for those who aren't familiar the stock rounds are triggered in this game by um whenever you buy a train you move a little marker down a, a track of, of the operating order. All the companies always operate in a fixed order, always. And they can never you can never change the operating order between two companies. Um, but when a company buys a train, the little train marker will come down to that train, move downward towards it, or upward, I guess. It'll move to that train, uh, to that company. And if the if you basically over, if you run a lap around the train, if you go all the way through the operating order and come back to the train, meaning no one has bought a train in the whole set of operating rounds, then it triggers a stock round. And I like how that's tied to um, what people think of the value of the trains out there. Like, I'm happy with what I'm doing right now. I don't want to be the one to buy that. And then some people are looking at the trains going, well, I think that no one else will buy them and I really don't want to. But now you've sort of put your fate into someone else's hands who are like, well, I know, I know that they really don't want a stock run right now or I really do want a stock run right now. And and all of the implications that has for the play, it's just a, such a huge ripple effect. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of other things I like about this game, like the um, the trains I feel like are, are fairly unique um i like the foreign investors in the beginning that kind of that decision of uh do i sit on this for a while when do i inject this money do i do it really early or do i save up a bunch of money and do it later um so when you connect your foreign investor you get you get all this money and you get half of your is it is it a share unlocked yes yeah you so you get one share of your company unlocked and it's a partial cap game. So you, you get your five shares, and then when you, when all five shares are sold out um, from the initials, then the next five become available, and you get an, an injection of money. Um, as long other. as the threes have broken, yes. R- right, yeah. So just all sorts of little things interplayed. That n- none of them, well, not none of them. Some of them aren't, aren't solely unique to this game, like partial capitalization, but the way that all of it comes together makes just a 
freaking brilliant game that has so many things to to pick apart communism in this game where you get locked the stock market bumps um, the zones where you start getting more money per share if you make it over there so it's a really strong incentivizer uh, incentive to to move you know right as much as possible um, but then when you get to communism you can withhold without penalty except you really don't want to be you know just all that tension i like it i like it a lot yeah, I like I like it too. I, I was struggling whether to put 1880 on my top five. Um, it's in my honorable mentions, but uh, I, I was struggling thinking, well, does this deserve a number five? But I haven't played it enough. Uh, I didn't have the cutoff of two like you guys did, but I, I've only played 80, I think, um, three times now. And, well, it could have been my number five, but... Yeah, I've played it twice. Um, yeah. and, and that's only due to the fact that it's a five to six hour game. You know, for us, five to six and a half. Um, yeah, it, it kind of depends. So, 1880, I, I like 1880 quite a bit for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, I I find I find the the whole thing with the bonus payouts as you move right and communism to to be this timing puzzle for how do I get as far over to the right as I can before I get locked in place and then get as much money into my company by withholding uh, and and then be able to start moving forward again. Because uh, you can... And it, it also goes... It also plays into when do I start my second company because you don't necessarily know... You can't necessarily predict exactly when communism is going to happen. And if you time it wrong and you open up a company right before communism... <laughs> And that yeah. company can't move forward. It can be devastating. It's what it's what happened to me in my second play of eighteen eighty, and it was it was horrible. Uh, it was just a complete implosion. I had no chance whatsoever of coming back. Um, but it wasn't like a miserable experience from there to the end of the game because it was um, the game does accelerate, and it was such a cool moment to see. Even though I happened to be on the the losing end of that situation, it was really cool to see, and it was a good learning experience. Um, I just find all these little mechanisms in 1880 work together so well and in such a unique way um, that, yeah, I think it's just a brilliant design. And the length of the game... So my first play of the game, Eric Brocious did a full teach, and we were playing next to... Eric's table was playing 18 New England, and we finished half an hour after 18 New England. It took us under five hours for a five-player game. Um, and we used spreadsheet. Our next game was not quite as fast. I think it was five and a half hours. At total con. Um, at total con. And then I think we've played a six-hour game. So it, it definitely depends. I think it depends on the experience at the table. I think games always seem to go faster with Eric Brocious, but hopefully with when we get more experience and we you know using are using spreadsheets and stuff, that we should be able to... I do not think that game needs to be more than five hours. Um, I also think that it's fastest at six, and I think we've only played up to five players, so I'd really like to try it at six. The uh, the uh, wheel tapping guy said it's faster at six. Somebody was asking on Twitter the other day about recommended player counts for this game, and I regurgitated uh, five and six players uh, as a recommendation. Four is okay, but those are you're trying to have high player counts for this game. And that was something that I had heard from Eric, I think. And and the person asked me why on Twitter, and I paused to go research that, and I never got back to them. And I think it's B 
because you're trying to see the map sort of explode in development quickly because it's such a big map. Does that sound accurate to you? Well, I think that might be. So I'd have to look at starting capital and stuff like that because there might be more money in the game with more players. So that could be part of it. But I, I have a feeling that because the mental load is so high in this game, you can probably make decisions, even if the same number of companies are starting, you could probably make decisions faster if there's more people to spread those companies out to. That's tr- probably true, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, 1880 was my number three. We're on a number twos, gentlemen. Why don't you tell us what your number two is, Len? Okay, my number two is 1846. Uh, needs no introduction. It's, uh, looking back over my play history, because we were having this little chat on our Discord server, I remember about a month ago when I pulled that up. Um, if I look at my play history for the last three or four years, uh, mainly because of the group I play with, right? 46, uh, far and away, I had the most plays on. I had it, I have it listed here as 42 plays. And a number of reasons, right? It's uh, there, There's no minors. Sure, there's no merging. There's, there's, no, there's no that kind of stuff. It's not really an auction. It's more, you know, it's a draft. But... It's, I think it's our, if not the, um, probably one of our group's favorite games. And we can certainly play it in, an, it, it's wonderful to play in an evening. You know, we can normally knock out a game of 46 in, in two, two and a half, three hours. Uh, we played it all counts, you know, from three to five. It's got good decisions. You know, one of our, our, uh, our joking phrases is, oh, I think Eric Bro just coined it. You know, well, every game of 1846 is the same. It's, uh, you know, to get back at those naysayers that think 1846 is boring, like certain posters on BGG. But <laughs> we have, we've seen, you know, over the course of playing it so many times, we've seen such bizarre things happen. You know, like the one game about a month ago where we had a stock round. It was probably SR4 or SR5. I think it was uh, just before Grays broke or something around there that was just as, you know, uh, nail biting and head scratching as any stock round in 1830. And it's just amazing how many different ways the board can develop. Again, you know, who gets what um, privates and what order the companies come out in. There's a lot of decisions. So to anyone out there who is in that kind of camp that thinks, oh, 1846 is a boring game. It's it's not. And um, I wish I, (laughs) the crowd I play with, of course, I wish I won more. But it is just—it's a wonderful game. You should—you uh, should name your plays like uh, episodes of Friends. You know the one where the one where so that way I you like can that. that way you can describe to everybody all the different things that can happen in Forty Six. Oh, but 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 that means you, we have to have the name of the game before it starts, right? So that would be tough. I guess we'd name them. No, you name it afterwards because you name don't know what's going to happen until the game is played. Yeah. Right, the one the one where Eric bought, bought three brown trains. Or, yeah, <laughs> I had one recently where I got where I ended up with uh, three four trains, and it was mm, chef's kiss. It was delicious. Um, nice. Well, you were in no Johnny. Uh, I think it was just Johnny. That game we played on um, Dot Games. I said it right. That game we played on Dot Games a couple of weeks ago, where the Grand Trunk. It, who had the grand trunk? Um, this was me, you, and Mike, I think. I forget. No, uh, Mason, do I have it right? Yep. I think it was yep. me, oh. Mason. Yeah, this is me, you. Oh, oh, me, you, and Mason. Yeah, where the grand trunk had a token in uh, in, in um, Indianapolis. It's like, when does that ever happen? <laughs> yeah, some cool stuff. I've been playing with some people who aren't super familiar with the game, like, you know, under three plays. 
Um, and man, some wild stuff can happen in those games. Uh, oh yeah. And you know, it's great. I, I love, I love the variability that, that comes with that. Um, because there is a group meta that happens. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm, you know, not going to bother with the whole spoilers thing. Cause 1846 is my number two as well. Um, the, the other games on my list, I did a quick, uh, review, um, every other game on my top five list I've played two times. I've played 1846, 18 times. Um, and I've, you know, I'm like three years into the hobby. I think at this point, it's hard for me to schedule time cause I have two kids and you know, full-time job and wife and a house and all this responsibility as a podcast. Um, but this game I can always find time for, which is just, that's huge. Um, yes. And it's not like it's like, well, you know, this is three quarters of a, of an XX in, in half the time or half the, half of an XX and half the time it's better than many other games that I've played in my opinion, um, in shorter, in a shorter amount of time. And it doesn't have the same gameplay as, as a lot of other people are looking for necessarily. But for me, I love it. I love, again, the privates do stuff. They are impactful. There are a couple that don't really do much. You know, I, I feel like in general that the blocking ones, well, they, no, no. yeah, they are blocking, aren't they? You mean like the, o, the O and I in the uh, Michigan Center? Yeah, they technically block, but I've never seen anyone actually use them to block. They're not in places where it matters. Oh, um, oh you've never played a game. You've never played a game with Mickey Mouse ears. I've seen the Mickey Mouse, but no, no people don't. Do, do they reserve? I didn't think they reserved the hexes. I thought they were just free to build on them. They're, well until you buy it in like anything else right there's barbells on the map so i thought that they were reserved but uh but like i say like there's i've never seen anyone like hold them hold those so no one can build there because no one's going there anyway right but um yeah you know all all the combinations the draft i've i've gushed on this podcast ad nauseum i'm sure on on how the draft the implications of that for the game i love that and i wish more xx games had drafts i feel like that like the minor minor powers variant where you draft the minor powers i love the noise that injects in the game and you know that just creates instant variability um sure and yeah just you know uh, issuing shares and redeeming shares love that Uh, i like games where you can double and triple jump um i like running a good company i guess yeah it's all all good yeah i I think there are so 1846 is the is tied for the game that I've played the most. Um, there are three games that I've played as much as I've played 46. And I think there are a lot of good things about 46. I've gone from very strongly disliking 46 because we had uh, our first two experiences with it were, were terrible. They were six plus hour games where it was mostly like calculating and recalculating and recalculating our end game routes uh, until I wanted to shoot myself in the head. <laughs> and... Um, so I went from not liking it to accepting that, that it's got a lot of things that are clever about it and to, to even liking the game. However, there's one thing that is just a fact about the game that's not necessarily a pro or con inherently, but that I don't like about the game, which is the general arc of the game on the stock side. It's pretty much over by stock round three in terms of stock decisions, um, and then there's a lot of stuff going on on the map, which is cool, 
but I don't like for kind of half of the game to, to be over that quickly when there's still two to three more sets of ORs to go. Um, it's just not, it's not my favorite thing. Um, when you when you say the stock decisions are over, what exactly do you mean by that? Um, like it's mostly set like which ones are the best shares. Nobody's ever going to get rid of those shares. Um, they're they're all bought up. You know, everything other than the last one or two companies that may start in the game have already been bought by that point. Um, it's a lot less volatile after stock round three than almost every other 18xx I've played so far. Stock round three. I might. I might agree with you on stock round four, but, um, I mean, no. I think as a general statement, maybe. But I've certainly seen games where, like I was describing before, right, where pretty um, significant things happen in stock round four because uh, of the way trains break and influencing where, where, where the brown trains break, for example, that you can to some degree manipulate by withholding or half paying or not so that, you know, um, so you're the person breaking Browns or you keep the person behind you from breaking Browns. I, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, more often than not is stock round four boring. Uh, maybe more often than not, but I'd, I'd be curious to hear uh, like Eric Broges's uh, opinion on that. Yeah. I think that they, Generally, I haven't seen a whole lot happen after four. I think as a general statement, that's probably true. Um, but the game's over at stock round five or maybe six. You know, so it's like, you know, Which, yes. when you I say... Mean, I've, I've only played a dozen times. So for me, I've never seen an interesting stock round four. So I've seen it in where the last interesting stock round is stock round three. So maybe, maybe four is interesting more often than my dozen plays have indicated Um, but if it was stock if i mean like you said if you end in stock round five or six i mean this each there's only six stock rounds so each round is a fairly significant portion of the game so the difference between the last interesting stock round being three and four is fairly significant if i were to play this a bunch more and find that really more often stock round four is interesting and we end after stock round five my opinion of the game would likely change drastically my my I think there's a shift in focus for me uh, on once you get to, yeah, if no one's changing something up at stock round three, I, I think they probably should be because um, there's a loser. There's a loser in there that should probably be trying to do something um, for, right. you know, okay, it settles down fine. But then the game, the stock rounds for me shift. First of all, they're pretty quick. Um, so if it's, if it's boring, it's over fast that part, but it's for me, it's not boring because, um, uh, the game shifts from, okay, I need to do whatever I'm doing, open these companies, where am I going to open at what price to get the things that I need versus what money I have. And then at that point it shifts to which of these two, like pretty good companies is going to be the best because right. you're, you're going to win by inches. Usually if you if you're close to somebody else, if you're, if you're way out ahead of it, then, then fine. Um, but the evaluation game is pretty real for me there. Um, and you could be looking at somebody even on dot games where you can see someone has, uh, you know, their last run was 300 and this other company last ran for 220. Maybe that 220 is going to be better and you got to be evaluating the board. And that's where the stock run is for me at that point in the game. Yeah. And, and I've seen some interesting, uh, interesting things happen there, but it's in the, the dozen games that I've played, it's usually between like 
figuring out who's going to end second and third. Uh, the most recent game that we played, um, the three of us were in it, and I think it was Joe and Mason. I think it was a five-player game, maybe, or maybe it was four players. We had we had something like that where Len was convinced to open the BNO, and I opened the CNO, and I did. I moved a train out of my first company, which I can't even remember which one it was, NYC maybe or the Ick. NYC, yeah, yeah and yeah. and it ended up where where everybody was trying to buy up the Ick thinking that was going to be really good and we're surprised how well the CNO ended up running. But it only changed the position of Len and, and me. You know, we swapped from third, second to third to third and second. Um, but yeah, there was, yeah. you know, it, it was it, it was interesting in a way, but it wasn't like we were ever had, having a chance to move up one of us to first place by this stock round, by the stock round decisions we were making or by juggling trains around and stuff. And that's what I've seen more often than not is the battle for second and third seems to be more interesting than the battle for first after stock round three or maybe four. Uh, I mean, I've had a number of games where, uh, you know, I'm I'm winning if we end at stock round five and go five sets and I lose on the sixth. You know, like I'm in that oh, first yeah, space I, I, and there's a race yeah. and you're like, don't go another set, yeah. don't go another set. And you do. And then you lose yep. by 20 bucks. Um, and that happens that happens a, a surprising amount of time. So, I mean, you know, picking out an individual game, it's it's easy to find where it's like, OK, I was in a shitty position. I couldn't really do much about it. But yep. like I said, you know, it's it's such an easy game to play that next time it'll be different. And so anyway, that's all I have to say on it. But all 1860, all 1846 games are the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Johnny, did you ever real, did you say what your number two was? I have not. No, uh, but okay. we can move through it pretty quickly because it was 1824. 24, number oh. two. Oh, the surprisingly number high. Two. Wow. I knew I knew that was gonna be on your list. I didn't uh, I didn't keep track of where we were, and yeah, that's yeah. pretty high. Well, that's because when you guys mention something on my list, I just say how I feel about it instead of spoiling that it's on my list or not. Well, you do it so much better than us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I surprised you, Len. We so. should uh, take some hints from this guy's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- no, but why? Why so high? Uh, well, I mean, for all the reasons that we talked about, I it's uh, for me. Maybe as I get more, as I play more. So I've played about 70 or 80 total plays amongst 25 to 30 titles. Um, so I've played most titles one or two times and then a handful of titles, you know, 10 or so times. And so far, what I find to be the most compelling things in the titles that I love are really unique mechanisms. I find myself a lot less drawn to something that is just a slight twist on something else. And I find 24 to be so unique to me, having only played, you know, a small subset of the 200 titles that are out there. I haven't seen anything like it with the parallel trains. Um, and I really like that the the timing aspect with the miners and trying to, if you're not going to own the major, maybe you try to pull the money out before the, it goes into the major, or maybe you start buying up shares before they're earning money, so you can try to take it over sneakily. There's just a lot of things that I don't see in other titles that I find really interesting. Yeah, that's that's something I forgot to mention and highlight, is that there's nothing that feels better than in 1824, if you've got that minority part of the Staatsbahn company and you rob it blind and then you go, here you go, that's for you. You can have that. It's, it feels so <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> it feels better when you when you uh, buy a share or two when people aren't buying shares in the majors 
because they're not paying and then you suddenly realize you've lost control of this miner that you thought you had and you've left a bunch of money in trains in it. Yeah, yeah, no. So, I mean, okay, maybe a bit of an overstatement. Like, dumping a company on something, <laughs> on somebody, probably feels better. And then it's like, oh, you got to buy a train. But this is sort of like, if you have that minority piece and you're not planning on trying to take over, it's something that you want to do as a goal. And being able to pull it off, right, feels very satisfying in a different way than dumping a company on somebody else. Because you're not being mean. You just did the best job there. Um, and that satisfies me in a different way than being nasty to someone, which I also like, but it's different. I think that's super satisfying. And I also like the fact that that's not always even the right decision. Like this game gives you a choice because if the person who's going to own that company is not going to be your main competition for first place, you can just tell by the way the game is playing out. Uh, you might actually want to help that company and just become a minority, you know, 40% shareholder in that company that's running really well because you gave it some money that's because true. Len was going to be doing so much better than you and at least your 40% shares are going to be paying out really well and then you might have, you know, be able to invest smartly in other places or start another company. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I really struggled with that in my last play of this game, which went horrifically for me, so. Yeah. I, I have to play this more. I think about the two times I've played 24, it was with you guys, and uh, I definitely need to play this this title more. Yeah, I have a very select few no, few games on my BGG list that I mark as want to play, and that is one that I have marked as want to play probably eternally. Uh, so we're on to number ones, gentlemen. Um, we are. Yeah, I'm going to be dramatic and go last, I guess. Because uh, I've been going last. Len, why don't you kick us off and tell us what specific singular game <laughs> is your <laughs> for number one 18xx? Well, Mr. Moderator, I'm going to ignore you and answer a different question. No. Um, <laughs> we, uh, Can we I just have cut some you off on... right there? Sorry? No, I'm just kidding. I thought we were doing the thing we we're supposed to do in debates where we cut each other off. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. I uh, yes, we did have some, as Eric was alluding to, we did have some discussion before the podcast started, and uh, I'm not sure how this went with the rules judges, but um, I chose as my number one, not exactly a single game, and we can we can pry this apart, and if you want to make me reorder my list, I'll I'll, I'll do that, but I'm gonna come out right now and and start with this, and say that my number one is the 1822 family. Eh. I know, I know. Can we have a decision from the judges? I'll uh, uh, So before I'll you pick. say why, okay, I want to weigh in on my thoughts of you picking a family because okay. I think it's like saying my favorite 18xx are 1830 derivatives. Well, that's, that's, that's <laughs> much broader. No, that is much more broad. But I, I think that there are such stark differences between MX and MRS, and I have not played NRS, but I know between those and the full game, um, and such different opinions, like people that love one and hate another, or refuse to play it, that I think that it warrants making you pick one. I I uh, I'm fine with you saying that. I don't. It's your your opinion, but I will make you order them, or at least explain the different scenarios where you like one more than the other. That's fine. That's fine. So um. You know, for, for, for those that, that don't play the games, right, at the moment there are three. And I'm not going to split hairs among the various um, scenarios in 1822 proper, right? MRS, NRS, 
Uh, I think it's just those two, right? And the full yeah. game. And, well, and then there's 22 plus too, right? But those are all, I mean, if you buy 1822, if, if you just bought it from, from the Kickstarter that Scott had, you know, a month or so ago, you're going to get all those games in one box. So I'm sorry, that's one game. 1822 <laughs> is one game. <laughs> all right. Um, the others come in separate boxes, obviously. 1822CA and 1822MX. There's three games. So are Dixie and MS the same game? What? Are which and MX? What? Dixie and MS. I, I said are Dixie and MS the same. Are, are 44 and 54 the same game? Uh. <laughs> your one box, your one box uh, thing is not holding up. You've invoked the, the rage of debate, Johnny. <laughs> All right, we're just we're just falling apart here. Then I right, know. Continue. So anyway, why do I love the family? We've started. You know, our group's been playing eighteen twenty. All of them, twenty two star since eighteen twenty two was first available from all of board games. You know, when was it? Five six years ago. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, right? What what are my favorite parts of eighteen XX or or favorite things? I like running good companies. I like auctions. I like miners and the whole merging mechanism and and figuring out that puzzle. And obviously 1822, whichever flavor you want, puts all of those together, right? And then each one of them has its own interesting MacGuffins on top of that, right? 1822, the main game, right? We've got some different scenarios. We've got 22 plus that has different privates. And the privates, by and large, yes, there are different specific ones to each title, but overall as a theme, they're kind of the same privates, right? We've got Pullman's, we've got the small special trains, we've got the dit dozer, we've got the tile lays, we've got the mail contracts. They're all basically the same kind of family of privates. The cert right? eater. Then, right. Then 1822 uh, CA adds the grain train. I think the grain train is very cool. It, you know, it makes the west half of the board um, competitive. And it's got a couple of extra privates along the same lines. I like the way it does the... Um, the main cities, the five main cities, each have their own private for doing free upgrades. I think that's a very uh, um, cool twist in that. And then MX brings in the idea of the building cubes, which is very co- cool to um, if you want to build some um, on some difficult terrain, but you don't have to do it quite as quickly. Instead of paying for it, you can drop these building cubes and it takes you a little bit longer. And then the idea of the endem, which is different from the endem in in 18 mechs, right? But in 1822 MX, the Endem is this kind of separate company that everybody can have a share in owning and you can make tile lays for it, which of course you make tile lays then to help your company at the same time. But it's a very interesting, it's like the, um, uh, to make an analogy that it may not be uh, useful to some, it's like, for example, the the Asteroid League in 2038 or the Red Company in 1835, right? Sometimes it's really good and sometimes it stinks. And it's the same thing with the Endem in 1822MX, that if everybody wants to use it, it becomes a real good company. And if no one wants to use it, you know, nothing kind of happens. And the way the miners, if you don't, in Bidbox 1, right, when a miner goes away from Bidbox 1, that token becomes an Endem token. And that's that's also a very, you know, sometimes that's really good in a certain game and sometimes it's not. And then it gets so, auctioned, you know, at that. And, and then at the end, they get auctioned when the endem closes down. Correct. Which, and so you can grab one of those tokens for your railroad, which is very cool. So if I had, so I'll stop there and I'll let, I'll let the judges decide what's happening yeah, no, with my number So here, here's the question. Uh, <laughs> if you could play any 1822 right now, what would it be? 
I guess I would order them in, and this is partially from how I like them and partially how many I how many plays I have of each one of them so far, is I would order them as uh, CA number one, MX number two, and eighteen twenty two base with you know with all those scenarios number three. Interesting. But eighteen twenty two bases in MRS NRS full game. Yeah. Plus. 22 plus. Yeah. The, all those are all, in, equal, in, all equal whatever, to you? Or do you have a preference within that? Within those, uh, let's see. Lately, we've played the regional scenarios, and those have been fun. I guess I do like MRS for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, it's a shorter, slightly shorter game, and you can fit it in in a long weeknight if you play fast. And, you know, depending upon how the miners come out, you know, sometimes in the full game, Scotland's doesn't work out as well as the South, and the MR, MRS just makes them off boards and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I guess the full game's a little long, but I love playing it uh, if you have the time. But I guess if I had to pick one out of twenty, what's in the 22 box, I would probably put MRS first. So okay. here's, Johnny, why I am going to come after you real hard if you ever do a top board games list and mention age of steam um <laughs> there you go which which age of steam map do you prefer uh singularly over the all the other ones because that argument is the exact same thing as the 22 family in my opinion good analogy because it's the same basic set of rules it's mm-hmm. yeah but yes. but with or, with slight twist per map you know or which or to put a, a war games twist on it Oh, I can't just say combat commander or advanced squad leader. I have to pick a scenario because it's the same basic set of rules. Right. Right. So I, I guess that, that sounds like a fair analogy to me, but I don't know Age of Steam well enough or people's opinions on it well enough to know like if if people would say like I so one thing that I've heard, I know you're saying it's a generalization and you're like, where have you heard this? There are a lot of forms. If you look on BGG, don't ask me for references. <laughs> there are a lot of people that say that they will not now that MRS is available, or once it became available, they will not play the full game because the MRS MRS distills everything that they like about 22 into a smaller package. They don't feel like they're missing anything. I know Randy has said it. Many people have said it. So I don't really see them as equivalent games because how can they be equivalent if somebody will refuse to play one of the variants? I mean, you know, availability of time is is something that I could see as an argument there. Like if I have eight hours, I might decide to play the full 1822 to have that slightly different, longer, more grand experience versus if I only have four or five hours, um, you know, I'm I'm always going to choose M or NRS over that. Um, Sure. I've heard people say that not even like factoring how much time they have, it's just that they don't want to play the full game knowing they can play MRS and well, get the same uh, okay, enjoyment out of it. But some people might refuse to play certain games, maps of Age of Steam. And they could right. still say, yeah, Age of Steam is my favorite game. Right. So, I don't know. Feels flimsy. Well, thank you, Eric. Um, well, I... I, contra- I think you're only saying that because your top game is 1822. Ah, no. I was just about to say, contrar- <laughs> uh, as a con- con- being a tr- contrarian, contrarian. There you go. We got we got there. 1822 MX is my favorite 18XX game. It's my top one. And it's specifically MX. Um, cool. So you're, you're not going last then? Uh, nope, because we're on the 22 train <laughs> and I'm just going to choo-choo it down the track to 
Mexico City. Um, yeah, so for for me, I have only played MRS um, twice and MX twice. Um, and I liked MRS and, you know, given a weeknight, there's no way that I'm going to try and play MRS at this point until I've proven to myself and whichever group that I'd be sitting at the table with on a weekend that I can do this because I feel like it has the potential to go long, um, six hours easily, probably. Um, Len, have you played it in person? MRS? Yes. No, MX. Okay, you, you said MRS. Oh, I'm sorry. You said MRS. Uh, have I played MX in person? No, I have not. Sorry. If it was unclear, I meant I'm not going to play MX on a weeknight and until I've like proven with a group that on a weekend we can play it you know within the maybe five hours oh, oh yeah and, and I don't know if you misheard me before I, or I misspoke I meant I think I said MRS is one we can fit in sometimes in a very long week weeknight not not um MX yeah right I got that yeah I've okay. heard MX is okay. is about a half an hour to an hour longer than yeah. MRS Right, it's uh, you know we've played we've only I've a skewed per- perception on this because we've only played on board eighteen with spreadsheets with uh, very experienced spreadsheet drivers and we've played synchronously most of the time like two sync sessions with like a a couple of days of async between so I don't have a perception but it, from what I hear it's between five and six and a half hours depending on the speed of your group. Uh, yeah, I was going to say yeah. you, you said our perception is skewed because of our play times, but I was basing off of Scott who's played a bunch of all of them has said that, you know, full game is six and a half or something like, I don't know his exact times, but it was like MX was like a half an hour shorter than that. MRS was like a half an hour to an hour shorter than that. Right. Um, in his experience from having yeah. a lot of plays of all of them. And Scott's yeah. time ratings on games to me seem on the uh, fast side of things. He seems like yeah, he plays in a fast group yeah. and he has perceptions as such. Anyway, yeah. um, for me, MX, I love it because I love the endem. I, I love the questions and the opportunities that it provides um, and, and asks, uh, in, in, not in that order. Um, so specifically, the the option to invest and use it to build out your track, like Len was mentioning, the planning or at least bet hedging that you can do with the tokens when it comes to um, you know, you're, you're planning your E runs at the end of the game and you really want one more, one more of those minor tokens somewhere to become yours. And you can either pay to pull one in, you know, big money near the end of the game. Um, you can, you can merge, you basically start and merge a company all at once for like 300 bucks, or you can wait and maybe win an auction, um, in a key spot, but other people are going to be bidding for those potentially, um, and your company has to pay for what you bid, which is a cool twist. You can't just buy it outright. Your company actually has to have the money. Um, one thing that I is a puzzle that I have to figure out. I know at least in our group, the the complaint has been the the cert limit, um, at least at five players. Yeah, right. right. It's a right ten. Ten. You're right. Yeah. Yes. It's it's, it's one, tight. Should be one. And and Scott has he's got a reason for that, right? I I'd like to know what it is. If I remember correctly, his reason for it, as opposed to even being one or two more, right? Because then that's, you know, four or five more shares across people. His reason for it for being 10 is he want, I think he wanted to discourage the second company's opening. Right. Okay. So, so that is fine with me because I like, I want the game to be playable for me. And that right. means it's not 
you know, if, if we get it down to five hours, that's playable on a long weeknight. It's very easily playable on a weekend. A six, a seven-hour game is going to get played a lot less, which means that I'm going to be less yep. familiar with it, which means that I'm going to not be able to explore it as deeply, right? And th- th- these things compound. 46 is high on my play count and high on my list, and that correlates with each, with, with itself, right? It's a short game. I can play it a lot. I can right. explore it a lot. Right. So long games, inherently, I have a hard time because of my my life. Um, so. so the interesting thing is that it, it doesn't seem to, I don't know what his reasoning for not wanting the second companies to open, but it doesn't seem like playtime would have been the driving factor because it's not shorter than MRS, which does allow you to open company a second company late in the game. But MRS gets going faster, I think. Yeah, yeah. It it you you go you, the the two to the L to two conversion is cheaper, it's cheaper, mm-hmm. um, yep. and so you start you start off quicker in that game. Um, yeah, and you you were in a game where like it was getting late and somebody opened on the very last round. I think somebody opened and started another company, and you were like, "Fuck, you know, like, God damn it!" So the reason that the reason I was uh, was frustrated in that game was it was it was Sue Randy's wife. She was already so far ahead. She had already won the game. It just wasn't necessary. I just wanted to finish the game. <laughs> she as she ended up winning by like she had like three thousand more dollars than second place. I think I was in second with three thousand behind her, wow. um, and and I wasn't I wasn't annoyed with her. She was doing the right thing to improve her position, um, but it was late. I was tired. I yeah. didn't just didn't want to see another company open by the player who was far oh, ahead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just a matter of circumstance. If if I was in the position to beat Randy at 22, I would absolutely do everything I could possibly do to drive that nail home. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is all, like, it's been so long since we've played. I, I don't remember all the details other than that she won by a landslide. But but maybe maybe it wasn't as clear at the time that she opened the, the last company. I, I also don't remember. I know there was some discussion of, like, if you don't do this, if you don't open a company, I'll, I won't do this or whatever. And I don't remember if that played out that way or if the company was opened. Um, so it's my, my memory is a bit fuzzy on that. It's been like a year since we, or more since we've played that. I'm not going to go uh, love letter to 22 because all the reasons that Len said, I like it for that. Um, but, but MX specifically, you know, the, the building cubes, which he did mention are also, I, for some reason I find them, just fucking beautiful i love those stupid cubes and i wish more games or at least some other games would pick that up because sometimes getting stuck with no money in a company that can't get out of somewhere feels so bad and like just come on like give me something to do with this thing and the building cubes at least you know can can be a fun way to to do that and let people get through this terrain and, and the, the map itself and a couple of the fun um, privates like the, the ports that can open. I like those a lot for some reason mm-hmm. that you could just create these ports and I've seen them run pretty well too. Um, yeah. I, I, what's the westernmost tail of uh, like California? Oh, Baja, California. Yeah. Yeah. The Baja area. Yeah. Man, I want to understand what the hell that thing is in that game for. I. <laughs> it's, it's like such a weird thing and i want to see if someone can do something good with that um i have yet to play this game actually also down in the mexico city region i've played twice and i both times have been in the north somewhere so yeah you've done pretty well too like that last game we just played where you were running the mir you did pretty well yeah it felt good i ended up um actually having the you know the e-train with the thousand something plus run or near the end and that was the first time i've done that successfully so anyway there you go that's it johnny 
go ahead expand yeah. so my yeah my experience is so i had this feeling about mx where i didn't like the cert limit and randy actually thinks it has more to do with the starting capital um in the starting finances between the two i thought it was because of the cert limit hearing that scott designed it to do the what i don't like about the game kind of makes me feel justified in my feeling on it i have the same feeling on mx that i do with 46 there are a lot of things that i like about mx i you know i like the i like the 22 system i like the auction so that's not unique to mx i like the map um, I like the build cubes, although I'm not in love with them like you are. But I really dislike the arc of MX where you have this build up where everybody's doing lots of cool stuff. And then you get to a point about one or two or maybe even three stock rounds before the end of the game. And all of the good companies are are purchased. It's not going to change. Yet there's really, in, I've only played twice, but there doesn't seem to be a viable option of opening another company to try to jockey for better positions when you get to a certain point in the game. Um, And to me, that just makes it go from a really interesting experience to kind of a dull experience towards the end. Um, Whereas MRS, I feel like that arc is uh, flattens out a lot later in the game to where you can do a lot more to jockey for a better position, you know, right up until the end. What what, what are the... What's the enabler? Is it the, is it the cert limit specifically? I, I thought it was the cert limit, but Randy thinks the entire arc is different because of the early uh, the corporate financing and the money yeah. in hand. Yeah, I would disagree because the, the couple of games that I've played, or maybe it's three now, the, the, what you were just describing, John, you get to the end to the last couple of stock rounds and you may have one cert slot open, but you've got money and there's nothing... To, you can't start a railroad, but there are endem shares available, so you put the money into the endem shares. So I don't think it's because of the starting capital. I think it's because of the cert limit. So that, that's what I thought. I'm just I'm just telling you, like I was just mentioning it because Randy's got so much experience, and you probably do too. But but I knew that Randy had a bunch of experience, and when I said that I thought the cert limit was was leading to this issue, uh, he just said he he agrees the issue is there, but he thought it was the money. But it probably is the cert limit, especially hearing that Scott made it that made that cert limit specifically to stop companies from opening up later in the game um, is actually a design decision that you know a lot of people seem to like mx more than mrs but for me that is a strict downside to the game yeah i don't like a game that feels over when there's a lot more game to be played and that's how mx feels to me after two games yep i, I agree you know, it's funny <laughs> what, what you were just saying i thought you were going to go somewhere and you didn't so let me let me mention this I've heard also, you know, comparisons um, MX versus, and I'll just say 22, not even MRS, is that there are, uh, I've heard it more one way than the other, right? More people like MX more than 22 because they feel that 22 is all about London and MX has more decisions than just it being about Mexico City as opposed to the other way around where people like the, you know, 22 better than MX. And it's funny because at least yet, I don't see that. I see MX, there's a, like you guys, like we're all saying, there's a lot of interesting decisions in MX, but I see MX as being just as much about Mexico City as 22 is about London. And and yet I did well in the last game and I barely touched it. So. That, that, well, that, there you go. So there's the, there's the exception that proves the rule. Right. In my two MRS games, the people in London didn't necessarily do 
better. Like, I've been down in Mexico City in both my MX games and lost, and I've been down in London in both of my MRS games and lost, and Randy's been up north crushing it in both games. I mean, these are pretty extreme differences in players as well as far as experience in this game, right? Like, Randy lives and breathes 22, so... Well, that's what I mean. Like, I I can't personally say that that London and Mexico City are different or that you have to be in one in one game and not one in the other to win because I've seen it go the other way, with, but it's better players. So, like, I have no concept of how important Mexico City is in MX versus how important London is in MRS. Yeah, and I, I don't get um, a strong feeling that I don't see the difference, right? I, like you said, I see just as many wins in MX outside of Mexico City as I do in... 22 outside London, but to me, they seem equally um, as much of a, a, a nexus, right? Yeah. But anyway, minor point. Yeah, I think in in MX, at least, I find that the, the big difference that I've seen in the people that have won versus lost is the timing on converting their miners and being able to, to get over their 60% of their company and then get up to the cert limit very quickly. Um, I have run consistently in every game I've played the, for the highest value at the end of the game for my runs and been in second or third place in all of my games. Uh, I think even fourth in one of them. So I feel like timing and getting up to share limit early seems to be a lot more important than building the best run. I, I think I think Joe, a couple of weeks ago, summarized it very succinctly and said, start early and move right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that 22 has a similar goal and maybe it's different. You know, it's it's similar to 46, that it's all about building that good company, good, fast. Well, maybe not even, not, yeah. maybe not fast, but but right. Because uh, you can kind of, you know, hold off and wait a little bit on what you're doing. Maybe you withhold a couple of times for big late end game runs. I think financing is tighter in MX than, than in the other 22s. Uh, as far as like getting money in your company, it's harder to do that. Um, but I don't know that the, like, why does every game have to end up with everyone at cert limit? You know, like yeah. this game yeah. is exploring the play space of games that you don't sometimes, if you don't act right, you don't get all your shares and sure there could be a runaway leader effect with that, but that's 18 XX, you know, like you're, you're saying some people, you're saying there's not enough shares for everybody to buy right in 22. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, like the, the last game we played, I, I was I didn't get any better. I got up to eight shares. That's as far as I got because, you know, like we said, you know, uh, everyone else was at their cert limit and there wasn't enough room to start a company for people to buy those, you know, three or four shares. So uh, I wound up just buying a bunch of Endem shares and, you know, cashing them in. And then I just had to sit with eight shares. Right. So, I mean, this seems like um, this could be a whole different discussion topic, but like what does success look like in 1822 MX? Versus 1830 per se, like yes. 1830 success looks like you have the best shares of the best company. Don't go bankrupt. Right. I, I think, right. um, in 1822 MX, the answer could be you get to cert limit and you have a good company, you know, or some combination thereof, maybe yeah. loss in 1822 MX looks like you didn't get there because of, cause you, you lost steam, your company's you yeah. sputtered out. And I don't, I don't have any problem with not everybody being able to get to cert limit. Um, that that doesn't bother me at all. It's just the that there's three full sets um, where there's really nothing anybody can do. Well, then to change again, the then I, I'd say that the the stock round should be 
should be fast. But it's not just stocks. It's, it's the stock rounds. It's the operating rounds. It's, it's There's a lot of game time-wise to be played, but the decision-making becomes very yep. limited at the end of the game, but there's still a lot of time left. And I like games that have a better spread of important decisions throughout the, the course of the game. I don't like when the decision-making is very, very limited, but we still have two hours left to play. That, to me, is, is a strict negative in any game I play. And 22, MX has it in spades. And it's just, I don't dislike the game, but I dislike the end of the game very much. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I've seen it. I don't know if that's always the case. Um, and I, but I, I can't disprove you because I've only played twice. And so have you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, uh, yeah. I'll keep playing and I'll report back with more plays if you don't keep playing, but I feel like you will. Well, of course I'll play. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we'll explore it more and we'll come back to this and see if that's, you know, still an issue or what, or Hey, if you are a listener and you have opinions on this, send us an email, man, uh, or, or woman, we're train shuffling at gmail.com. Um, send us an email. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter at train, train shuffling and, and let us know what your thoughts are or you can call us or call us on our hotline and leave us a voicemail and if you uh you know don't curse and we we like what you say or don't and find it interesting then we'll we'll play it the phone number is 410-357-1898 tell us about your number one johnny all right uh my number one game which we can skip all discussion on is 1880 (laughs) it's the best game ever made and um it's indisputable yeah, so 1880, I mean, I we've talked about it at length already, so I, I don't feel the need to say anything else about it, um, but I, I just think it's the perfect 18xx for me and for what I look for in a game, and I'm very encouraged by the fact that our first five-player game was done in under five hours, so I know it's possible, and if six players is even shorter, this can absolutely end up being a weeknight game um, with some experience, so. Here, here, man, that was, oh, that's so... Yeah, let's let's just stop the podcast right now and start a three-player game. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need to start a six-player game. You weren't listening. Yeah, we, yeah, six. Um, <laughs> and we need Eric Brocious to be in it until one of us is efficient enough to push a game along as fast as he can. Oh, he yeah. doesn't even. Yeah, I don't know. How, I I need this pandemic to be over so I can play games with Eric Brocious again because I need to take notes because he doesn't push people to, to move quickly or make decisions quickly. For some reason, whenever he's in a game, he naturally gets it to move along faster without anybody feeling pressure or feeling rushed. And it's a very great skill. Mm. And I find that my games are a lot more enjoyable when he's in the game because the games are shorter, but they don't feel rushed. And I just want I want my games to be as efficient as they are when he's in them all the time. Uh, because I feel like the time factor in 18xx is a big factor in which game we can play tonight and can we play an 18xx tonight or do we have to plan one for like three weeks from now when we can all make sure we set aside enough time and get enough sleep the night before or whatever um (laughs) so if we were more efficient at these games in general i feel like we could play a lot more and have a lot more titles at our disposal so do you guys want to go through let's let's quickly um without too much discussion go through what games uh with maybe a sentence uh or what our honorable mentions uh were can we real quick before we do that? Can we just each one of us recap our our top five? Sure. Starting with, we'll go in order with Len. All right. So my number one 
with some consternation from the judges, was the 1822 family, and when pressed, I ordered them in CA, MX, and 22 Maine. Uh, number two was 1846. Number three was 1862. Number four was 18 EU with the minor variant. And number five was 1817. Great. Mine was number one was 1880. Number two, 1824. Number three, 1860. Number four, 1849. I feel like the 18 is, doesn't need to be said. Number five is 62. Great. Yeah. And mine, uh, number one was 22MX. Two was 46. Three was 1880. And four was 62. Five was 24. Cool. All right. So now we want to do some honorable mentions. I'll start with that since I was last before. Um, so my honorable mentions are quickly down the list. 1833 NE, uh, which is also known as 1834. This is on my honorable mentions because, well, it's the game that was, you know, the first game that uh, Tom Lehman was designing and then paused and said, I need to go design 1846 first, but uses a lot of the same stuff. Um, fairly different game. I've only played it one time, though, so I can't can't say. I have a feeling that this is going to be up on this list when it, when it gets published, when I get to play it more. Um, that's all I'll say about that. 1848 Australia. I have played one and a half, one in, well, one in like a t- tenth. Yeah. We're in the stock round, um, stock round after the, after the initial auction of the second game of this. And I really like what this has to offer with the Bank of England. Um, very different initial auction where it's a duck, Dutch auction where you continually lower values and uh yeah the bank of england has has some cool cool implications in the game um 18 eu minor powers variant i already mentioned is on this list um love it only played it once couldn't be in my top five um wanted wanted it to be number five but said i only played it once so i can't can't do that um and then 1860 uh, which I've only played two player, but I think at three player, it's going to be one of my favorites. I don't know where in a, in a top five, top fives are, you know, I think we should state they're very fluid, at least within our group. As we play more titles, more things shift pretty, pretty readily. Um, and then the, the games that I haven't played, but, but will love, I'm pretty sure are 1849, 1817, 18 mechs. I'm not sure if that's going to, rock it up there quite as much but i'm very curious about 18 max um and then 1841 cool uh len why don't you go next and i'll finish it off um so a couple of these you know we've already mentioned uh 1824 didn't make my cut um it was a tough one between that being number number five or not uh 1880 we've already talked about you know we'll definitely want to play that more um the other two i put in my honorable mention list and this kind of overlaps with my um my wargaming uh, interests is everyone loves a good monster game. And I love both 18 OE and 18 C to C Manifest Destiny. I've uh, played um, OE a couple of times in face to face, but over the last two or three years, easier to find people and play it online because it does have a board 18 and, and a sheet. 
And I think it's just a great game with the initial packet and the auctions and all the funky rules and just the epicness of the board. And then similarly, 18C to C, which is available on RR18XX. And I've played probably six or seven games of it there. Uh, I liked it so much that I actually, last year I was crazy enough to uh, spend a couple of months, you know, sitting watching watching Netflix and cutting tiles out on PNPing my own copy. It's not a full-size copy. It actually fits on a reasonable size table. And actually, if you go in Board Game Geek and you go to 18C2C Manifest Destiny, the picture that's on the main game page somehow is a picture that I submitted. Nice. <laughs> so I think that's kind of cool <laughs> of, of my copy. And uh, we played it a co- in, in face-to-face once now, and we were about to schedule a second one when this dang pandemic hit. So uh, lo- love a good monster game. Nice. When you said monster game, I thought you were going to talk about like 18 Dracula or something. I didn't realize you meant like an like a large game. Me too. <laughs> I was well, like, I yeah, actually, 18 Dracula is the only thing I could think of here. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know it's back to that. That's a wargaming term, you know, a monster game, you yeah. know, a, a map that fills up the whole table with 3000 counters, you know. Do you have any other honorables before we move on or things you're looking forward to? Uh, like... Eric mentioned once it comes out, I'm very look, much looking forward to 1833 NE. Uh, I played it a couple of times with uh, the prototype copy that Eric Brogius has had, and uh, it's got a lot of interesting things in it. So I'm wait, I can't wait to see the final polished version of it. And then I'm also very uh, interested in this uh, title that I guess should be shipping soon, right? Lonnie's Kickstarter from earlier or from last year, 1840, the one about the Vienna tramways. That looks very interesting. So, for for me, ooh, sorry, was that it, Len? Yeah, that's it. Take it away. Okay. Uh, so, my honorable mentions, I, I have to, first of all, 1889. Nobody's mentioned it, but Eric and I got our start with 89. If it wasn't for 89, uh, we wouldn't be playing 18XX. So, can't not mention that. Um, I've got about as many plays of that as I do 46 and... Uh, I know a lot of people have problems with the permanent threes and fours, and I think that's a feature of the game to puzzle out. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, and I think it is such a good intro game, despite, you know, even with 18 Chesapeake out there, I still think 89 has its merits as uh, an equally, if not better, intro game for certain aspects of the game. So uh, I, I will definitely be picking up a copy of 89 when that comes out, and I felt like it needed to be mentioned. Uh 56 is another one. Uh, I've only played it once and I really enjoyed it. It was one of the, it was one of my favorite 18XX experiences to date uh, because we were all new. It was like our third ever game that we played, 18XX game. Uh, It just felt, I know it wouldn't feel that way now because we've been, we've played so many games, but it felt so epic to me, the whole build up to the um, Canadian National and, the loans just felt very different having come off of 89 and 46, uh, you know, destinations were unique. And I just remember having a, a big high after playing that despite losing quite horribly. Actually our Eric's coworker's wife, who I think it was her first 18 XX just demolished. Us. Uh, she had uh, played 46 before, but that's it. Okay. She, um, so yeah, I just, it, it might not be my favorite game once I get it back to the table, but it's still a fond memory. Uh, for me in 18xx and then the last two real quick 44 um loved it it's a bit long to get to the table often but uh, i thought it was 
excellent. And then 18 EU, uh, which may not have made my top five, but it probably would have been at least my number six if I had played it more than once. And then I've got a long list of games I'm looking forward to playing, but I'm just going to pick three of them. Um, 1882, I'm very much looking forward to uh, because I think it's going to give me the the best 1830 experience in the shortest time, and that's something that I value. I think I value a lot. And on the same note, 18 Man, I'm really looking forward to because I've heard that that is uh, exceptionally good and very short, although it's very early in its development from what I know about it. So uh, to be determined, but I am excited from what I've heard about it. And then 1833 New England is probably the game I'm most looking forward to. And real quick before we end the show, um, I have to say 1826 is on that list of looking forward to. I had had 1826 on my wish list because I had read about it. It sounded cool um, a long, long time ago, many months ago. And then we just got into all these other games. But uh, Tony and Chris over at Wheel Tapping have talked at length about it. They did an episode about it, and it was in both of their top fives. Um, and it's reignited my desire to finally try that one because it's been on my radar for a long time. So, 26 is the France one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I played that once a long time ago. It, it was interesting. I, I'd play that again. Cool. Well, if somebody in our local group has it, then hopefully we can do that when COVID's not a thing. <laughs> If I had a penny for every time someone said that. If you had a penny for every time I said it, you'd be right. I know. <laughs> I want it so bad. All right. I think, uh, does anybody else have any, any closing statements? Closing statements. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these are the... <laughs> I can't decide which, which facetious way I should go, that these are the best... 18xx top five lists are the are the worst ones of all of the podcasts um oh I, it's a chain letter we got to pass it along to um bankruptcy club oh uh, wow well, I, I was going with pod- podcasts um with the train rush train rush oh they haven't done one yet and i know they haven't right. but we got called out right no that was a question I, i'm not caught up on all my podcasting so that was a oh they haven't done one yet they have not done one yet yeah so so derail did top five and and uh, uh, wheel tapping was inspired by by them doing it and uh, sort of in between their like last year's worth and this year's worth of episodes so they decided and they called us out to do top fives and I'm gonna say train rush hop on the train yeah you guys should there's also a, do one. there's a slogan for your next t-shirt hop on the train dot 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 yeah <laughs> all right well that's it that's our bonus episode that's super short right yep there you go can you edit that down to like 30 minutes <laughs> no <laughs> like, i like this game why uh trains <laughs> all right well thanks for bearing with us everyone and we'll be back with a full length <laughs> probably shorter than this episode next time on <laughs> train shuffling good night everyone good night good night you you're also a war gamer right <clears throat> how now brown cow a man walked a long distance to the store that was just something that i thought of i made that up can you do like a, an announcer like number five and do that each time we doing number five five yeah number five no i can't do that i cannot i just 
ladies and gentlemen. No. This is, this is a roller coaster of emotions for me right now. <laughs> You're getting excited. I'm getting excited, and then you like taper off.